magic medicine in our veins. Oh! You'll go to the basement, and then you'll come up an hour later. So that means when I come home, you make me a sandwich. Fair enough. Fair enough. Welcome back to Buckle Up Baby. Say it to the new cam. Close up on that guy. Sexy boy. We are back with no <laughs> guest today, Michael. Jeez. It's just me and you. Yeah. Catching up. Yeah. What do we do now? It's like um, I said before, it's like a couple who doesn't get along, so they have guests for meals. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the dishes aren't done. Well, you had to say that. <laughs> a lot of kicks under the table. Yeah. You but it's good to see you again. Yes, you too. You know when you make a comment in front of the wife, in front of people, and no one notices, but you know you fucked up? Oh, sure. <laughs> it happens like this. Like if, if she's sitting there and you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, she'll, and she'll do it like a, like a quick stab, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. it's good to see you again, Michael. How is your yeah. summer going? <laughs> it's nice. How's yours? It's good. It's almost it's, done. This is Crazy. the very first summer I've had in a decade. And by that, I mean I visited during the summers. Mm-hmm. But that's a very, very different energy than when you have summer as compared to coming out of a winter and a spring. And having oh, right. that summer East Coast energy, is, is, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's not something I, you, that exists in Los Angeles. There is no urgency in Los Angeles mm-hmm. for um, summer activities, summer right. vibe, whatever, because it's the same temperature all year round pretty much within a matter of degree. It's not much different. Outdoor activities are constant. Uh-huh. And on the East Coast, you get this sense of you've entered the eight weeks, make something of it. Yeah. you know, And that's nice. Yeah, I've never loved the summer. <laughs> Why? Um, you know that song, Summertime Sadness? I don't know. It's it's always, um, mm. there's like a pressure I don't appreciate. The, to, what I just uh, described? I, I like the fall and winter much more than the summer. My favorite day of the year is the first day it gets dark at, four, at like 4 p.m. You know, I would agree with you, and I do love that, but I don't know if I love that from a place of nostalgia or from a place of my current self. Because you mm-hmm. know how like as you age, you're like, you know, I don't like that anymore. I hear that. And I've maybe I've gotten spoiled by by LA, mm-hmm. but you begin to I don't know, like discover your new t- refined tastes as an adult or just updated tastes. Right. I love that. I know that feeling, but then I was in it this past year and I was like, God, I'm depressed. And you're like, I like the sadness. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. I don't like the sadness. I like the feeling that I think there's cozy. The year is only like two months long as far as like work goes. There's only like a two month period without a holiday or vacation or some or some kind of like expectation where you can actually like get into some kind of rhythm and work. And that's from like yeah, post holiday Christmas. Yeah, it's from yeah, it's it's Thanksgiving to Christmas and then like New Year's to like March. It's definitely the thick of it. Yeah, I like yeah, I like being in the thick of it. I do like that. It just comes at a cost now to me that I've maybe I'm not used to it, so I've gotten soft. But this year, like the deadness, the grayness, the mm-hmm. which I know is what you're describing, which helps you sort of ho- focus and turn inward and mm-hmm. get and improve. It's kind of unpleasant too. More than it used to be. Fair, fair. Yeah, yeah no, no. Thing, and I, I, I dislike the summer. The truth is, you're right. That's like, um, what do they call like the appendix, like a, an organ you don't need anymore? 
like I, I used to get really sad in the summer. Not mm-hmm. the truth is not anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I don't yeah I don't hate it as much as much as I used to. Maybe as a parent, you, it, it maybe parenting shifts it because now yeah. it's like barbecues, pool, mm-hmm. family, hanging, weekends, that energy, beach, whatever. Like there's something about that mood True. improvement that I appreciate now. Whereas back in the day in adolescence, and tw- I'm like, yeah, it's like winter and dark, and I kind of love it. Yeah, there's something I don't miss about that anymore, or I appreciated it then, and I don't know. I like yeah. warmer clothes. I, I don't like putting on the polo. It shows too much of the man boob. Uh, I like layers. Layer. I like <laughs> <Yeah>. layers. <laughs> so I hear that, yeah. but I don't know. I feel like I'm over it a little bit, and now like sitting outside. On a nice warm day and not the ridiculous hot sweaty where your back of your legs sweat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Fair enough. And for music and outings and festivals and mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like there's just an energy I appreciate. And I think maybe it's a post-pandemic thing yeah. too. It's also, mm-hmm. if, if I had a more stable work life, I mm-hmm. think I'd appreciate the summer more. It's, 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 it's like another, it's, it's like, it's everything's sort of the same to me at this point. Also a little bit of like, I have this constant frustration just constantly. Mm. So like it's hard it's hard for me to to truly enjoy anything. Nice. <laughs> that's but probably that's probably the truth. Sound like you're in a great place. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I know what you're saying. There's PTSD. It's not depressing. It's just it's just where I am right now. Is there a PTSD from like the feeling of summer being like this? <sighs> like internship button down doesn't fit. I'm hot. I'm lost. No, it's it's. I think it's more. Um, it's post college. Like dating mm. time, like early twenties to late twenties, of like, I know I'm supposed to be having fun now, and there's there's like so little I I that that I uh. think is fun, and like um, yeah, it was there was this like yeah I, I yeah I'd have to really like dig into well, first it. of all you're in your mid thirties now so it's time to move on from that no true trauma. no that's true but you're saying you didn't like the idea of like. Don't tell me when I'm supposed to enjoy myself at but, peak. No, because being... Because being, in winter, you're supposed to be miserable, yeah. and that's when you don't have pressure. So yeah, being it. unhappy living in New York City is is awful. Explain like, that to you me. You feel like the... Lo- you just feel... You're sitting in your apartment on Memorial Day weekend without plans. The city empties out, and it just feels like you're the only person on Earth without without good plans. This was even, like, before, like, Instagram, like... Like really blew up, like. Ooh, but that, yeah, that's that. Singing a song from Sex and the City. Yeah. Whoa. Well, you know, where you, was your family? You, you bypassed that. I didn't want to be with my family. Um, you know, you bypassed that because you got married at sixteen, seventeen. But um, no, but being like single <laughs> in the city on a holiday weekend was twenty three. Could be bad. Could be real bad. Right. That right. that's that's like the and then like you go to work and you come home and you're like it's the summer I should go out but I don't feel like it oh, it's just the all spiral this, the spiral it's a spiral yeah and you know what when it's dark at four thirty you're like I don't have to go out no one does it's yeah. okay yeah I can just yeah. sit here and chill and it doesn't yeah. feel lonesome or long or like long right I should mention I was also clinically depressed probably for right. without medication for like there, there are like two summers I can think of that were like the the worst parts of my life why didn't you call me. <laughs> Where were you? Where were you? In Los Angeles. Yeah, I don't know. I know when you're depressed, you don't we'll call anyone. That. That's the thing about that's the thing about depressed people. People who were like, "Oh, this guy's so depressed." I just spoke to him, and he was like telling me he's depressed. I'm like, if that dude was like depressed, he's not like telling you he's depressed, and Correct. he's not talking to you. It is the real depressed a- people you're not hearing from. 
Yeah, I will <laughs> attest to the the fetish fetish fetishization mm-hmm. of mental illness. Yeah, which has happened now. It it's gone from the hush hush stigma of it to everybody's depressed. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Yeah. I have anxiety. Wee! It's like, no, you don't. Yeah. If you had anxiety, you couldn't make a video. Right. You'd be pacing around your room with your heart pounding, right. calling a doctor. Right. Like, there's this, like, Lou, I'm so cool. I'm so unique. It's like, I, I have mental illness, and that makes me special, right. and I'm dark, and I'm deep. And there is a little bit of that, which is an overcorrection, maybe, for not being able to admit that this is a real thing. Right. Um. So I have seen that. It's probably worth the fact that people can feel open to talk about it. Yeah. But yes, people misuse the right. word. I think depression's yeah. a, a misnomer. Because depression isn't just like down. Yeah. It's like an it's like a real it's like saying, Oh, I'm forgetful. Oh, you're you're an amnesiac? Right. Oh, I'm just forgetful. Oh, you're an amnesiac. Yeah, I'm an amnesiac too. It's like, no, no, an amnesiac can't remember <laughs> <Right>. anything. <laughs> they are like so depressed people, a true yeah. declinic depressed is n- isn't sad. They're numb. Right. When I'm talking about depressed, I mean like I'm am, I'm forgetful, like I need to write my name on my leg. Like, I mean like I was not showering, underperforming at work, mm. not dating, like fucking depressed. Right. That and the being depressed in the summer is is in the city is bad. Right. That's bad. Fun. <laughs> How's your summer? <laughs> so, I'm... Um, I love the summer. Sorry. Um, I, I didn't expect no, to go like down it. that deep, dark, post-traumatic stress rabbit hole, but yeah. how are you now? I'm great. <laughs> You'll start Thank to... God. Your, your perceptions of summer will Thank change God. now that you are now married with two children. Right. The, ki- the kids, actually, um, is a whole different dimension mm-hmm. uh, that I, I frankly do not enjoy. Um, like keep keeping the kids busy in the summer. Oh yeah, is yeah, yeah. like um, it's it's hard for me to find the joy in that. Do you? Yeah. Do you on like a, a whatever? Is this, is this loose? No, it's good. I just have to. Stop, um, uh, do I find? It. What's the question? Do like I find Sunday after Sunday morning without plans and the kids are running around the house? Do you? Mm. Can you find like joy in that? Maybe the years are a little older. It's hard to compare like really little to like mid little. You know. But at the same time, I'm no saint where I don't get aggravated, frustrated, and all of these things. But I just know I'm constantly reminding myself how much I'm going to miss all this. Right. All of it. That's nice. All of it. They're adorable. I saw this video on TikTok that came across my feed, and it was some Scottish guy. I think he was like a famous director, actor, somebody. But he was like... People ask me all the time, do you, do you mind changing their nappies? I guess that's Scottish for diaper. Mm-hmm. It's a delight. I love changing their nappies, making them comfortable, making them better. There's nothing more delightful than that. Everyone's talking about children and what they drag on your life and bringing you down. It's the most delightful thing in the world. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do. Don't let anybody tell you different. It's absolutely joyful and delightful. And he's saying it with like this aggressive passion. And I'm like... It is absolutely delightful and joyful. And I try to remember that mm-hmm. when they're older and don't need me anymore in the same way. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, is this the worst? The worst case scenario is we're a little bored on a Sunday with a bunch of adorable... I mean, I'm painting yeah. a rosy picture. Yeah. But yes, I say that as, I, as a mindset, to, as an antidote to that stress right, of right, like, right. ugh. It, and I am also coming from L.A. where imagine being there and having no one. No family help. Wise, right, right. No help, no family, no yeah. cousins. 
It's like we better make plans with friends now. Right. And if and friends sometimes aren't always available, and right. you can't just like show up at their house. You could show up at grandparents and just do it. Yeah. You could, or cause it's like it's much more informal. Yeah. But with friends, you also have to like mind your space and boundaries and make sure you maintain that. Yeah. But every Sunday, every day off, every free time when yeah. we lived in LA for the last decade with kids was like, what do we do? Yeah. The, and here it's like we could just be right. here, go play in the yard. Whatever, it's like it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Um, but I'm not get, saying I'm not stressed right. about it. The only person I guess who stresses me because the kids are happy, no. they're not bored. So what are you stressed? What's bothering? I don't you? know. There's this <laughs> like there's this general sense of like if yeah, like things are getting destroyed, like someone's gonna get hurt. Like I don't know. I I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Are what they it getting is. hurt and destroyed? No, no. Oh. It's 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 oh, so in this my isn't head. You. It's in my head. So nothing's going on. They're just chilling. It's also that feeling where like. You don't. I don't sleep well, and then and then like I'm up at six a.m. and I think and I, then I think to myself like, I don't know how I'm gonna get through the next like two hours, and then oh. the next thought is like, I have to get through like twelve hours. You know, I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna do this today. I've noticed this as since you became a parent. Yeah, you focus very much on like the mountain and not the step in front of you when it comes to like your day or your parenting. You're like, uh -huh. how am I gonna get through? How am I gonna kill this whole afternoon? Mm -hmm. It's like you don't have to kill this all afternoon. Just like go somewhere for an hour, and then you have another hour and do something else. Then put on a little show. Then they'll color. You need to get to five p.m. for five thirty. Mm -hmm. We're all as parents trying to get. This has become a mommy vlog. This whole podcast. <laughs> Moms, dads, parents. We're all trying to get to five thirty. The promised yeah. land, right? And everybody understands that when you call somebody or like you know want to go to the park and do this. So like you're trying to kill one hour, then another hour. It's like the days are in sections. You know, you're like you got your mid, you got your early morning slot. Yeah. You got your mid-morning, lunch, afternoon, something. It's like you basically need two outings, the morning, the mid-morning and the mid-afternoon. Because once you get back from the mid-morning, it's your lunchtime and, and chill time. And then you need to come back from somewhere in the mid-afternoon so that you can roll into dinner Man. and you've had some kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's And it's not much. Yeah. And my advice to you is if you really, if you really feel like the angst, what, what Rosie and I do with kids often if we have no plans is we just get in the car. And drive away huh. with no kids. No, <laughs> we just get in the car with all the kids. Yeah, and because you can, it's like trying to pick a movie with friends. You're like, right, oh, right, what should right. we watch? And you never, and you spend two hours not watching. Yeah. A movie. So as, as opposed to that one kid who's like, I put something on. What are we watching? What is this? Oh, what is this? And you just start watching the movie. <laughs> so it's like fitness, working out. Like put your shoes out. Like we just get in the car mm -hmm. with all the kids, start driving, and then as we're driving, you know, one of us, Razi, will say like, you know, um, well, why don't we go there? Oh, good. And yeah. I just say yes to everything. Um, why don't we just do this? Because you're in the car, you're in motion, and then something comes yeah. up. And then even if it doesn't seem like the the biggest outing or biggest deal, then you're there, and then you come back, you're like, that was that yeah. was fine. So, so don't put so much pressure on yourself. What do you do on a Shabbos on a Saturday where you're not getting in a car and you're just like the the day? It feels like the day really is just ahead of you. Yeah, yeah the right. Shabbos, just Shabbos pick, is pick hard. Stupid little you guys things. Maybe make some T neck friends and go hang out. Perhaps making a friend or two. Remember, we help. talked about this too. The hardest part about it is like not having yeah. not not sharing experience with other right. people. Part of it also is like uh, you need like minded people in the same boat as right. you, so that you could like pair up for the afternoon and just right. have the kids go like here. Yeah. So that helps. Like a nice long lunch. Yeah. Helps. Yeah, you know, it's probably. I think most of it's in my head. I, I don't think it's a real problem. It's not it's a real problem. It's an attitude problem. Yeah, and also like you know, being part of a community and yeah. part of a shul synagogue. Yeah. 
with younger people that have kids, whatever. Yeah. That's how it happens. It's like you do need that. Right. You need those sectioned off, like compartmentalized yeah. parts of the day to get you to dinner. Yeah. But then even going out is like, I'm afraid eating's not going to go well and napping's not going to go well. It's a real, it's a real issue I have. Your neuroses. Yeah, it is. Your parenting it's, it's, neuroses. Uh, yeah. And has and how does the wife feel about this? She's great. I she's mean, chill. she's she's the antidote. Yeah, yeah. she's great. Okay, good. Yeah. So, got to get out of it in your own head. It's yeah. all fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, like kids can be bored. They can be unhappy yeah. for a little bit, not suffer. But like childhood is full of that. Right. Rolling with it, learning yeah. how to be adaptable, learning how to be resilient. Yeah. You go to a parent. Remember, like family friends growing up. You're like, what am I doing here now? Yeah. And you're just like, this is where we are. Right. Find something. <laughs> Back in the nineties, my <laughs> your parents just take you. Doing here? You know, you meet like, and all of a sudden, my parents just know these people I've never met because right. now I realize, oh, they had friends before we were born. Right. It's like we're going to Great Neck. Right. It's like what? Yeah. It's like, Why? Yeah. Who's there? Like, I've never been to Great Neck. And you'll then you go there. to the basement. Yeah, and then you'll come up an hour later. Correct. And a lot of childhood, eventually, you start to see like you have to figure out things for yourself, and not everything you can put in front yeah. of you. You totally know what I mean. A, a friend of mine told me this, <laughs> this story where, yeah, uh, when he was like a little boy, he, um, his he woke up and there was just a man sleeping, sleeping in his in his briefs in 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 the room with him. His parents had set up like a cot in his room, and uh, and I guess this was like in the nineties. This is the nineties. But they're like, he's like, who is this man? They're like, he's our friend. He's sleeping here tonight. In <laughs> his room. In your room. That is and so. so he just slept with this, like, you know, behind a locked door with this man all night. <laughs> uh, but that that was kind of the attitude of, like, this is what we're doing That's now an ex- and you'll adjust. It's an extreme <laughs> example to put a strange man in with your child. But it's like, yeah, oh, that's Fred from college. He's sleeping. Right. He, right. He, was, he went to school with daddy. Now right. he's sleeping in your bedroom. Yeah. But, like. The kids didn't come first back yeah. in the day, and in, in a healthy way. It's like we're driving to Washington D.C. It's going to be five hours. Here's a toy. We'll stop at some point. So maybe we become too hyper fixated yeah. on the kids dictating yeah. well, every ounce and every minute of every schedule. What right. I realized about Cocomelon this week, also, yes. this is like this is real. Cocomelon. Cocomelon is designed. It's a billion dollar company designed to keep kids entertained second to second, mm-hmm. which is you're supposed to be bored sometimes, <laughs> especially if someone was just telling you a story. And the wiring in your brain never got, like, fused to be like, the second I get bored, I'm just going to walk away from this yeah. person. Like, you're supposed to be bored sometimes when you yeah. watch things. And it's, it can't be good for a kid's brain to just be constantly entertained. That's why the Sabbath is healthy for that, because yeah. it makes you have to, like, think of things to do. Right. I have an idea for a Cocomelon spoof. My, one of my big comedic goals and endeavors creatively is to create parody content of all all of these kids shows for mm-hmm. the parents. Mm-hmm. So instead of I'm going to create Coco Fucker or you know or like call, I'm going to create a parent organization called Dudu Pish. Mm-hmm. And it's going to create all these shows like Blip, Bloppy, Blippy's brother. I told you about Bloppy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So much to learn about. It'll make you want to shout. I want to just check the recording. Um yeah, uh Bloppy where he's like, you know what Blippy is, right? Uh I I I know it because of you. Yeah, so Blippi goes to like these kids' playgrounds. It's a show filmed on a handheld iPhone. He's like, mm-hmm. we're at the playground. I love trucks. So I want to have him go to Skid Row. I'm Bloppy. This is Skid Row. We're putting magic medicine in our veins. <laughs> or like Coco Melon, which is going to be songs, mm-hmm. but it's the parents singing to each other. I just want to get laid. Can we put the kids to bed? I'm tired. Nah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I think it would be really, really. I think it would be. It would give parents so like, oh yeah, you know, like, can we put the kids to bed early? No, I spent all day cleaning the house, so I'm just gonna go to bed. 
bum bum. So what's stopping you? I just I uh, what's stopping me is execution, like how to animate and do all that. I mm-hmm. wish that to grab an episode for now and overdub it. Mm-hmm. I'd have to record the music. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a bigger thing than just an iPhone up yeah. like this. But I have it. I have it written down. Yeah. When I have the right resources, time, whatever, I'll make I'll make one. And I would love to get it originally animated, mm-hmm. and I could make the music. Like, uh, why did you say that when our friends were over? You know, I hate when you do that shit. <laughs> so, but no, but f- this this is a transition to a real topic. Over- <laughs> for for the for the for the ideas that you know are good. Yes. What? How do you prioritize something like that that comes into your mind? Because um, I think of someone like Jeremy Redleaf, um, who mm-hmm. is the one of the creators of Cave Day. Um, do you know him? He, you know him. I think personally, sure. you know, like his wife. Yeah. Um, but I find he's very good at big projects. Just taking an idea that's an obvious, obviously good idea that you know every creative person has, mm-hmm. but but not just not just going on. That would be good. But he actually pursues it, and they actually become obviously successful things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I I've been trying. I've been inspired by him to try to do that with my own things. Right. But but this is a, this is a good idea. You're able to do it. You're like you're uniquely able to do it because you can compose the music. Yeah. Like why not? Why not pursue that? It's a good question. There's only so much bandwidth and time in the day. Uh-huh. So right now, I've written down all my long form, uh, higher production endeavors on a list. And every time I get a longer form concept that I see in my head is like, like I wanted to make chipped a spoof on Chopped. Mm-hmm. You ever watch Chopped on, on, on Food uh, Network? I know, I know it was it big is. for a time, but yeah. at the time I thought of the show Chipped, uh-huh. where it was going to be like literally a guy like he's like freaking out and he doesn't know what to do, so he takes a dump on the plate and serves it. And they're like, I, I, and some of the judges are like, I actually love how you transformed the ingredients. You ingested it and shed it on my plate. <laughs> you know what you did with the shit, the spice? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, it tickles me. Yeah, I think it would be a great <laughs> show. But in order for me to execute that really well, yeah, I couldn't just green screen it on my iPhone. I'd want to like film yeah. it. And like do it right yeah. with me, bum, bum, you know, and also like Shark Tank. I have an, I had an idea for Gary Vee on Shark Tank, which I could do in the gorilla raw form. Yeah. It was like, um, I'm offering you point oh 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 five percent of my NFT, <laughs> like for a, a like a zillion a billion dollar valuation, yeah. and like they all they do the Shark Tank thing to an NFT. Yeah. So I have these bigger ideas, but my comedic vision for them would take location. Yeah. All of those things. So I've written them down. Yeah. And when the bandwidth allows for it, it's not a matter of like when to do it. It's just it's just there. So I I want to preserve the ideas. Bloppy, uh, doo doo pish, all that stuff. TikTok is actually seems to me like what I love about the TikTok aesthetic is is it a, a lot of the really successful people take these 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 things that used to just be ideas you throw around with friends mm-hmm. then they shoot it just wearing different hats yeah. they do it really really low budget because yeah. because that's the tiktok aesthetic yeah. and they come out with this really funny sketch which like at the end of the day that's that might be all it is just a funny sketch not a f- series you know? right i mean to um, answer your question i i i save that those ideas for the time when patreon or some kind of fan funding is in motion mm-hmm. And that's my pitch to fans and supporters. Hey, I can. There's so much more I can do right. if I was if I had regular support that could I could I could funding that I could put into these projects to scale them on a larger mm-hmm. degree. So I'm using all the micro content I do as a way to build the audience and hopefully transform that audience into something that's supporting me financially. Mm-hmm. That I could pour resources of that and reinvest and do those things. So I save all those ideas for like the bigger budget stuff. Because cool. I could put out little micro pieces of content in a raw form, but. I'd want to do it right. It's just like some projects demand a, a different kind of production. You sound like me. 
Do I? Yeah. What would Amin say Chas to that? Shalom. What? You're not going to get people to pay for it until you do it. No, but I'm doing. I hear uh, you, but it's good. but the stuff I do do does work. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for doo-doo pish. I don't know what to tell you. I'm mm. not holding back. I'm not like ah, it needs to be the right time. Yeah. I just wrote them down. So many hours in a day. I think that's also. I'm just also. It's, I'm busy. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway. You've been following this guy online. We'll shift, we'll shift gears for a second because mm-hmm. I wanted to run this by you. Have you been seeing clips of um, Andrew Tate? No. I saw you do the a, a thing of him, the bald guy with a beard and glasses. Yeah. This guy's fascinating. What is he? <laughs> he I saw a clip of him years ago. Um, Andrew Tate is a four-time world kickboxing champion. Mm-hmm. Kickboxing is still a thing people do? Internationally. It's not an American thing that people know about. But there are, there's a niche for everything. There's mm-hmm. chess tournaments around the world. There's kickboxing. Yeah. It's not a huge moneymaker, I don't think. But that, that was his sort of claim initially to like the world stage. He wasn't like famous from yeah. it, but he got some notoriety. But he started making headlines years ago when he talked about how depression isn't real. That's why we were bringing up depression. Uh. He was saying, it's a myth. It's a mindset. He's got one of the weirdest accents ever because he like lived in America, then England, and now Romania. So it's like he, he's like status women. It's called it's a mixed British, but it's very strange accent. Uh-huh. But now he's out there um, all over the internet, and he had like this mission: I'm, I'm going to become the most famous person on the internet. Inter- internet. Blech. I can't speak like internet. Testicular. He can't speak. Say his T's in the middle. Uh-huh. But he he's now like the number one most googled guy. And I don't know if it's Actually, brilliant or, or crazy, but he yeah. started, he was like making rounds on like Tom Segura and on your mom's house, uh-huh. with Tom Segura and Christina. He was on that podcast and he says controversial things, putting down women, not in a, not like in a beat, masculinity is important, but like women can't drive, you know, w- women are, you know, pro- are, she's my property. I own her. And that's why I'm going to treat her with respect. I, if, if I own something I, and I value it, a high value woman, I'm going to treat her with respect. It's nothing wrong with owning a woman. Like, Says really out there stuff. Why do people have him on? Like why that sounds is he sounds so transparent. Yeah, I know. It's it's shtick. It is. And there's something very obvious about it. Like when you see him, he's like, whatever. I got loads of bitches in my life. Loads of bitches. But he's also like, I'm also I'm a man of God. Yeah. I read the Bible. Who's who's the he? fact, the fact that so many people in the West don't understand this. It's why so many men, you know. So he's just taking like the best of the internet personalities, Jordan Peterson, that that Tanzarian dude who Bilzerian, who's the like the the rip dude who just travels with like a like a a cache of women, like he works out and travels with women professionally. Whatever, I think it's oh. Bilzerian. I think that's his name. Okay, yes, Dan he, Bilzerian. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I had sex nine times in one day. I don't know why I did, but I did, and I wanted to see if I could do it, and I did it. Yeah, that, that guy <laughs> with the chin Jordan of a Peterson, god. Yeah, like amazing hair, amazing. You're right. Beard. He just dis- yeah. Joe Rogan. He's just like, what if I just put them all together? Exactly what? No, what if I put the biggest, most controversial right. elements yeah. and misrepresentations of all these people right. into one person and became that being? It's sort of what he's done. Yeah. And it's working because people are like, Have you, can you believe this guy? Uh-huh. And he's like just saying like, the, I, I, would, I would never let a woman drive yeah. your car. Every accident I've ever been a part of in my life, a woman was driving yeah. the car. I would never let a woman in my car. Never. You know, it's the am- fact <laughs> that these men, blah, you should you see You know it. what's amazing about that? Like only me who's never seen him, like w- people who are talented at doing that, mm-hmm. once you see them and hear them speak, you're done. You can't see through the 
charade anymore because yeah. they're that good. Trump is the same way. If you just read about Trump, you're like, this this is a joke. Once he gets in front of a mic at a, at a, at a crowd, you're, you're you're like, oh, like you're you're they're so good at drawing you in. Mm-hmm. You have to remain completely like ignorant of hearing and seeing them to like even see through the facade. Right. You know what I mean? Right. What. Like hundred yeah, 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 yeah. percent. I'm, I'm hearing. Yeah. I'm, meaning, once you see it, you're captured a little. Yeah, yeah. Like because he's effect. good at what he does. He is definitely good. I only in the sense he's good at what he does because he is in front of everybody and no one can get him off their feet. And one the the backstory is yeah you'll like this. He started an online sales course called Hustlers University mm-hmm. for alpha males. You want to be an alpha male? I started Hustlers University. I started this university for men because men are being suffocated out of their masculinity and they're becoming we want to be a high status man. So I started Hustlers University, and it's basically, I guess, how to be a hustler and a man and have sta- status. But the way <laughs> the way it works, I'm saying that's the premise yeah. of it. I don't know because I haven't signed up, but from what I understand. Every attendee, one of the assignments in the course, is posting videos of Andrew Tate online. Uh, That's brilliant. So there's no... He's like, I'm the single most number one search person on TikTok. I don't even have my own TikTok account. Ick-ock. Because he can't say T's. (laughs) Ick-ock. I'm on (laughs) Ick-ock. So he's all over TikTok. And they're all from different accounts, right? So I was like... um, So I think that's one of his things. He gets all these people who sign up for the course... To share videos of him and clip him. Yeah. And so all of a sudden he's everywhere. Oh. And here's the funny thing. What a con man. Here's the funny thing. On my profile, every time I post impressions, there'd always be a comment for the last like six months. Can you do Andrew Tate? And I'm like, what? Huh. Before I really, I kind of knew who he was only because I like sometimes weird on Twitter and find weird things. But I'm like, Andrew Tate? Who, who would know an Andrew Tate? Whatever. I mean, whatever. He's like, can you do Andrew Tate? And it always, you know, when something has the flavor of bot, yeah, you're like, oh. you're like, uh, it is just, it's just the way it was said, yeah, was not human. Like when you get those WhatsApps, it's like, hey, do I have your number? Yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, bot. Yeah, yeah. You could just smell it. Yeah. And so every time, can you do Andrew Tate? Please do Andrew Tate. Can you do Andrew Tate? Would love to see Andrew Tate. And it just kept having this the repetitious cycle on every single thing. And I never put it together until recently I started seeing like how he's rolling himself Mm -hmm. out. So these are maybe real people from his Hustlers University trying to get me, not that I have influence, but I'm like, it just now all has that flavor. I'm like, all those comments were from people like with an agenda to get the Andrew Tate brand out there. Anyway, I started doing it. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) I started doing it because I found the funny and and I started seeing him everywhere. Has it been doing well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, but, but a lot of people have been waiting for this one. So I'm not sure if it's like, Real or not, and I'm not sure if that, that's my little conspiracy. Yeah. Like, were these all like part of the program? That makes sense. But anyway, he's like figure figure out how to be all over the internet. Um, but then he also goes on these like all women podcasts and says, "A life without children is vapious, meaning existence, and women deserve to be alone the rest of their life." My grandmother had 75 children. Okay, no one give a shit about her career. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm just, and it's just it's, it's it is misogyny, and that's not like a social justicey thing. It just is. Yeah. And he's proud of it. He's like, what's controversial about that? People in the West, they get all worked up. Let me tell you something. A Russian woman, a Romanian woman, they know their role. They know their place. And they're happy to be a part of it. Yeah. If I go out in the dark and there's a strange sound coming in, who's going to fight for it? Me. I'm going to go out there and risk my life. Life and limb. So that means when I come home, you make me a sandwich. You know. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't even hear misogyny. I just hear algorithm. Like he, he figured out how to game the algorithms of like, what can I say? 
that I will get served to a, a, a nicher and nicher more engaged audience. Yeah, but there's a part of me that also thinks he does believe it, but I don't know. Here's the thing. Guys like, guy Jordan, guys like Jordan Peterson and these people spend an awful lot of time and nuance explaining the difference between data and social differences and temperament that isn't misogyny. It's just the difference in temperament between men and women and that it's not that one is superior or inferior. We're just talking about sociological issues. Whereas Einstein's like, no, women can't drive. Right. Well, because cause he's smart. He's like, yeah, yeah. Jordan Peterson would do better if he just said said the thing. Whatever. Or yeah. What he's doing is the low-hanging fruit yeah, a little bit right, in this yeah. way of like, that one gets the most clicks. I'm yeah. going to give them what they want and I'm going to yeah. own it. And you can't, and I don't care. Yeah. And wonder where a guy, a guy like that goes. Where do you go from there? So now, like, he's like inserting himself into the cult. I mean, you got to, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating thing to watch a guy insert himself into the uh-huh. culture and make rounds on. He's been on Full Send. Yeah. He's been on uh, Your Mom's House in the podcast circuit. Andrew Schultz mentioned him. He's like, I keep seeing this guy, Andrew Tate, all over my feet. I can't get rid of it. I don't understand. I'm scrolling, scrolling. Because he, he, he was talking to Tom Segura because he was, he was promoting his special. Yeah. And he was like, he did one thing with you guys and he's on my feet every time. What did you do? And they're like laughing about it. And they love him. They're like Shagura and his wife are, and Christina are like, so wh- wh- what's wrong with bitches? You know, she's like, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like indulging with them and stuff. But he's inserted himself. And I think now there's like this talk of Jake Paul challenging him to a fight. <laughs> you know, you know what's funny? Like the yeah. the whole narrative of of Gatekeeper that that our our scene of like the Segura Schultz like yeah. that they'll and Tim Dillon they all talk about mm-hmm. of like if you want to be in, inserted into mainstream culture you go on CNN MSNBC mm-hmm. SNL yes. blah 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 they they are now becoming a little bit of a gatekeeper where if someone wants to insert themselves into the sort of independent media ecosystem you mm-hmm. just go on the, on 10 podcasts and J- and you get jake paul to mention you and you're inserted yeah like, but you they have are to... they are the gatekeepers now in a, they're in a not gatekeepers way. they're they because because they're just commenting on it on this like new you know like it's like the andrew tate has become like the mr smith of the matrix where like somebody's just multiplying everywhere through this mm-hmm. matrix even though he talks about the matrix like i'm out of the matrix because I opt out of the Matrix. He says that all the time. He says a lot of crazy but, things. But, but that, that's a little bit like... In um, other words, they're, just, they're not saying he doesn't deserve to be here. They're just saying, who, where did he no, come but, from? But, but, by, but by commenting on him, they're giving him the... Attention. The attention that he's, that he's looking for. Right. Yeah. I think they're just like, what's going on here? Right. Somebody just showed up, and where has he come from? Uh, no, no, I know, be- I know what they're doing, but I, I guess he, he, he figured out a little bit that there, there, is, there, is, a new, there is a new gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. If I can get these people to comment on me, I'm in. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying they're actively gatekeeping. That, yeah. I, they, I don't think they are, but it's, they, they're in the position to do so if they so chose. Tastemakers. There are new tastemakers. Not to keep someone out, but to let someone in, I should say. Right. They're the new tastemakers, the new trendsetters. These are the people like basically navigating and determining culture a little bit. Uh, and he knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's targeting them and now he's on full send and he's on his podcast. I only say that because I wish we had done it first. (laughs) What do you want to (laughs) say? I don't know. Let's find something. How would we do that if we wanted to do it? How how would we insert ourselves into the culture, this culture, if we if we really wanted to make a splash, what would we do? Do you want to have Richard Spencer on? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. As <laughs> as as our own personalities. Well, I guess maybe not. Like we're not that we we're, we're not we're pretty reasonable people. No, I know, but but you. what would we have to do to get the attention we so crave? <laughs> I love how your mind works. You're such a whore. Um. 
don't know what we'd have to do. We'd have to well, take I mean, it's interesting because he's he's like he has what we want in a sense. Like not long term, but he has the views that we would like. We would like a million views on our podcast, wouldn't you? We? It's gonna collapse. For sure. It's For sure. You're too lured by the virality. Not long term, but but he's um no, I you, you have to respect someone who who can just say, This is what I want and I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. It's it's not a good long term strategy, but there's something there's something you have something to, to be learned. About there's that. something to be learned. Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't know how he did it, but uh, I don't have the answer. Could we accuse Andrew Schultz of doing something awful? He'd be a good person to glob onto right now. I hear you, but at the same time, all you have is your integrity, Michael. Trust me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying that's the path (laughs) forward, but we should consider it. (laughs) Right. Um, Or is would there be a way to do it like quickly and like sustainably? What would you do? It's a good thought exercise. Michael is oh, this is the be- the villain story, an origin story, what Michael, you of do? you as a as an evil man. If you if if someone said to you, this is a, this is a good challenge. Okay. You have thirty days to get on Joe Rogan. Mm. You, you have ninety days to so, get yourself on Joe Rogan. Now we're talking. How do you do it? Th- th- this is what I'm talking about. How do you do it? He 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 chose a pretty good way. Get everyone in Joe Rogan's universe to talk about him. And like, be mildly interesting. There's a chance he won't he won't invite him on, but he he's in he's in. We're not in the conversation of who's going to be Andrew Rogan next. He is in, he's in the yeah, conversation. You know what you're seeing? It's the, a no, but he's seeing, in the conversation. How do you know how long the game was? He could have been playing this for years. Sure, whatever it is. So to us, it, it looks is. insanely fast, like he's like exploding onto the scene. Yeah. But he's probably been building up this base sure, at sure. this university, and he fought right. for four years, and he cultivated. I don't know if it was that he's making it seem like I made the decision a month ago, and here I am. It's never no, no, like not that. a month. But he, but but even so, even if someone said to you, "What would you do to get Andre Rogan within 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 ninety days?" I'm, yeah, this is more interesting. I hate to say days. it, and it sounds so cheesy. Yeah, but. I think Joe Rogan's thinking, what does he have to do to get down here? No, I. Th- <laughs> it sounds cheesy, but the idea of like trying to fast you track if any he was of sitting the- on this couch. Like- <laughs> we need to. We need to update. We know we need to update the studio, guys. It looks like balls. It's it, like oil stains. What the if back he, of our he was hair. like, he's like this guy Ben Vago tweeted me your video. I fucking loved it. I said, how do Yo, I get on their show? Guys, this is great. Great. How do I get on the show, man? How do I get on the show, man? I. I don't look at it that way. It's yeah. more like no, I know. I know but, how do you but get on Joe Rogan? If like you, 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 I don't think I, I don't like like to pedestal that those kinds of achievements. It's more about like I want to build up enough of a presence of good quality work. Here's what that I'm I saying. get that that, that that recognition comes. You're thinking of it like an achievement, and this guy is thinking of it I'm as, take, a, as a game, and he's not. Yeah, but he's I'm not t- wrong, and you're not wrong. No, but I'm taking you too seriously in your question. I'm trying to answer genuinely, yeah. which is a mistake. Yeah. Um. But what we you mentioned something. It was it was related to if you had thirty days, but then after that, I don't remember. He's in the conversation, and we're not. Yeah, he's in the conversation. It, it's it's not a month long game. I don't know. Yeah, like this whole like, yeah. how do you get there in thirty days? Kind of thing to me is kind of. Tell you what I would do. <laughs> no. Um, oh, do you actually have an idea? We're not being serious. No, but it, it's. It, I would seriously like to think about it and come back with an answer next week. 
If you, if, no, oh, you know what? And maybe it's a good idea for a screenplay. You know those movies where, like, someone, their daughter needs a heart operation and their house is being foreclosed, so they show up to a bank mm-hmm. with a shotgun and hold it hostage until they get the news to come and get and get the attention they need for their daughter's heart operation? What if someone was getting their house foreclosed on, their daughter needs an operation, and they go, I have to, have to get on Joe Rogan to get the attention I need. Like what? 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 What would you do in that? Like in that bank? In that bank heist thing? How do we get into the Joe Rogan studio and get on the air? Violently? It's an interesting story. I'm sure, the security is very hard. It's a story. Infiltrate. Well, yeah, because he has like Navy SEALs like patrolling. But this whole not. There. No offense to you. It just yeah. feels so cringy. It's no, it's it's cringy, but there's something real there where like where Joe Rogan likes to pretend like he's just a dude, whatever. No, he doesn't like to pretend. His attitude is, I'm just a dude having interesting conversations. But he's also, if someone has a message that they want broadcast the world, he may be the best place to go. To, if you, if, you're right about that, but I just somewhere. think this whole that's mind, the heart the of whole it. mindset of like how do you get to these places of prominence. Is by not thinking like that. No, <laughs> obviously, thinking like that is the exact way not to get on. The obviously, shows. it it seems like Tate has thought a little bit like that, and it has worked. Seems that way, and that's him fooling you. That's what I would. Fair say. enough. Fair he enough. has fooled you into thinking all I could. I have to just be calculated enough to do say the right things and trick like it's all some trick. Mm-hmm. And I think his savvy and his genius or whatever isn't that. It's making you think it's that. That's my position. I would maybe take a hot air balloon. <laughs> I would live in a hot air balloon for six on, on the sixtieth day. I'd email Jerogan and be like, "Hey, bro, I've been living in a hot air balloon for sixty days. Want to talk to me?" Mm. That'd be one way, right? Something like that. But again, now you're talking about. And then like I get real... on there and I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking about like real commitment to some sort of stunt. Um, I don't know. Yeah. There was chatter on TikTok of this one creator who like created a whole video. Dear Lauren Michaels, I want to be on SNL. Did you see that at all? No. And there's and there's like debate going on because some people are like bullying him, like this is so pathetic, dude. What are you doing? And some people are like, no, he's a good for you. This is how you make it. I just am very over that romanticized view of Hollywood discoverability that all I did was make that one thing and I got well, the so, green light yeah. from someone else and they let me in and the magic just happened. I, I think that's just not how it is. Yeah. And I still and I know we're being funny, but I didn't get to VCon by saying, how do I get to VCon? Okay. I'm gonna So I've had little examples of it in my life that teach me that it's like playing the long game and doing the things that we've been doing is how those things start to happen. The point I'm So I'm being serious and genuine and you're still on this road of wanting to Kidnap Joe? What, what do you want? What do you want to oh, do? Kidnapping him? Oh. I don't think. I think we'd he's end up dead. We'd end up dead. Yeah. <laughs> he would strangle both of us with both his hands oh just at once. Gorilla fingers. <laughs> oh yeah, I, kill, I killed two dudes over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. Yeah, two podcasters. I killed them. <laughs> Fucking killed them. I felt nothing, man. Oh, I you? felt nothing. Um, oh. Yes, I still have fun. And I love stories like this because it's it's an it's 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 a little it's a thing it's a of part like of your brain. I, I don't shit. I don't have the same. I think I think there there is a screenplay to be written though of of the, the heart of what I'm saying though is rethinking the the bank and the broadcast TV news station as the thing you have to take over to get heard by the world. Uh. Like rethinking of, of like there's a new paradigm of if you want to get heard. There, there's, there's another heist movie 
there's another way to do it. I that, see. That, that's what I love about it. And you like the idea of highlighting where the center of cultural of attention, attention yeah, is yeah, yeah. in the form of a heist movie. Well, yeah. That, that, so it's that, not a bank or a news the, station. It's somebody vehicle. who breaks into the Joe Rogan studio yeah. and says, I'm here. Yeah, the problem yeah, yeah. is Jamie Interview ha- me for three hours <laughs> <laughs> with a gun, like a pointing a gun at him. That would be so funny. And then Jamie has to upload it. Right. Well, no, Jamie's the one who like figures out how to like escape and call the police. <laughs> I can't wait till you make it, Michael. What's stopping you? <laughs> um, that's a good question. That's a good question. I should write it. It wouldn't. I've been getting your newsletter. I haven't been reading well, it, but I've been getting it. Hey, that's that's the first uh, the first step. Yeah, I got good feedback this week on, yeah. the, on the story. Um, what's stopping me? In you know what my gut tells me. It would be, uh, I don't know. I mean, I keep coming to the same place with these things anyway. Of like, uh, I'd write it, it'd be good, people would like it. And then it, there would be like just some sort of like industry sort of thing where like it's just it just doesn't move forward. That could be made independently though. That's actually, that's a good idea and I'm going to keep thinking about it. Good. It's a good idea I'm going to keep thinking about Writing it. Writing, it's the first accomplishment. So whatever happens with it, you've made something. Uh, so, yeah, that's true. what you should aim to do. True. And then you write enough crap. Crap is the best fertilizer. True. True. There's a guy now. The show alone. I don't know if our time is up soon, but have mm. you seen the show alone? Maybe we can end I, it. Amazing show. Have you heard of it? Do you know what it is? Yes. Sort of. I don't know what it's about, but well, I know the name, and that's it. Because of everything we've been talking about, I'm watching this new season very differently. They send ten people to a wild location. Oh, it's on Netflix. And the, the survivor new, wins. I have watched. Yeah, it, yes. yeah. So what? I couldn't was, last. It was so. I fell asleep in every episode. So I, I watch it as like, um, yeah, it's it's a super like, um, um, yeah. I, I watch it on, on my own when I have to kill ten minutes at a time. It's Is that a like, squirrel? Yeah. So ten people go out to the wilderness and they have to survive alone. They get cameras and everything, mm-hmm. and they tape themselves. Yeah. And then the the person to, to last the longest wins. There's no time limit. It mm-hmm. could last ten years, but. Um, but it's, it's wild to see the, everyone has uh, the set of survival skills they need for the most part. The difference is attitude and it's response to failure is the difference between winner and loser. It's really, it's really wild to watch like people who fail. Some people get physically ill and they have to get medevaced. There's that. That's pretty rare. It's mostly like. I, I failed and now I'm going to rethink why I'm here and I'm, you know, I'm deciding it's not worth it. I'm going to go home or like people fail and they, they get so just so um, not depressed. They get so frustrated or so um, down on themselves mm-hmm. that they that they just find some reason to go to, to, to tap out. They're mm-hmm. just like I'm down. But the people who succeed are like there's this guy actually want, I want to see if we can get him on the podcast. He, he didn't win the season, so he's probably not like a big deal. Um, but he had well, that's the, a way to get somebody on the podcast. <laughs> Hope you just watch. That. Well, he's not like in huge demand, probably. Understood. Um, yeah. His and but he was he was so inspiring of just like he he would have these big failures and just like respond with like great. Now I know exactly what not to do when mm-hmm. I try this again. <laughs> I saw and the it guy. Was great. It was really really um, moving. I found one of the guys in one of the seasons. I only watched like one season of it. Did watch the whole season? No, uh, but Rosie did, and she told me the end of the guy who won. She's like the guy who won was just the guy who was like anyway. Oh hey, he was so oh, yeah, chill. The people who win are nuts, and they're just like. He's there. He's got no weight left, so they picked him up. He's like, he's, he's burned his whole body. Yeah. All the calories are gone. Yeah. And he was just like, he like killed a whole moose. Yeah. He was like, oh, that was good. Oh, shoot, it's spoiled. Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. 
It's this. this oh wait, I won. Oh cool. How long has it been? Four months. Oh okay, ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's it's so funny. And the people who think too much, the people who have families, always end up going home. Cause they're like, <laughs> I haven't seen you in so long, and I miss mean, Yeah, yeah. Wussies. Yeah, I could do it. Um, I could do it. It's quite really. You just yeah. take some tradition soup. <laughs> Why is that so hard? Just pack your bag with some ramen noodles. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> you should watch it though. Um, it's impressive that they like episode. hollow out. Can they? They can have weapons with them. They have like a bow and arrow. They pick. Yeah, they have like saws. It's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. would you rather be in a hot like island desert or cold? Uh, I'd rather be cold. Yeah, of course. We talked about yeah. this. That's full circle. Back to the winter. Yeah, but yeah. imagine like imagine like you need fire not only to eat but like to stay physically warm. Wouldn't it be so easy to be like in a Tropical climate. But dehydration is so uh, unpleasant. Awful. Yeah. yeah. Rather freeze. Right. I nice think. and cozy in a hoodie. Yeah. yeah. I hear that too. But like, I just like that whole like yeah. trying to like cut with a rock with your hands outside. Yeah. yeah Ooh, yeah. that that sounds unpleasant. Yeah. But but I've been thinking about it with writing, especially of like mm-hmm. um like truly like just to, to last longer than other people in the industry. Mm-hmm. You just have to find. It's what we talk about here. It's like I think you're you're very good at this. You're very gifted with this. You have to find, Me? yeah. You have to find mm. an ad. You have to cultivate an attitude that allows you to fail longer than everyone else mm-hmm. until you figure it out. And you're saying I'm good at failing. You, you're you're good at, uh, yeah. No, you're good at adapting and not mm. and not um, not getting what's the not getting withdrawn hung up. Hung up? Hung oh, up discouraged. Or discouraged. You're not. You're good at not getting discouraged, oh, right, right. Um, or not. 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 Not getting discouraged because you can feel discouraged, but of, of using it and and like and staying focused and moving forward and adapting, mm. like what Jeremy talks about. Right. Um, and it's something I've like since we started the podcast. I've been really thinking a lot about mm, um, and, and need to cultivate more and more and more. On that note, um, I've been doing more stand up, mm-hmm. more regularly, and I like. I, uh, this is a, maybe a, call it a self-congratulatory pat on the back moment a little bit, but not really, because I can't break out of my first, like, 10 minutes, and I can't tell strategically what the best move is, like, keep doing the first 10 minutes until it's insanely tight, or keep trying out new material, so that's a technical challenge of, like, early stand-up days, but I will say, the other week, I was sitting in the green room at the stand after doing a set upstairs with Mark Norman and Joe Liss hanging out. You know, and both of them were about to go on. So, like, everyone's in their own headspace thinking about their bits and stuff like that. But I sat there for a moment, and I just took that moment to say, um, hmm, I'm sitting here. I sort of call it manifest, envisioned, like, what it would be like to get into the stand-up world. But it was a weird moment because you, like, if I had seen this moment looking ahead a year ago... I would have been inc- stoked beyond belief. Like, mm-hmm. remember when David was on and he was like, when the, when the song was in the movie in that moment, I felt, I was like, oh, I felt nothing. <laughs> Everything leading up to it was, so for me, I'm like, okay. I, I felt like content mm-hmm. and like, you know, I felt proud and content, but not like over the hill and not a, not a disproportionate way. Mm-hmm. But if I had like seen this moment a year ago, I'd have been like, what the yeah. hell? How did I get there? Um, and it's just an interesting, it's an interesting thing to think about. Like when the things actually happen, mm-hmm. it, it's like a humbling sort of experience. It's like okay, like I'm I'm in this grind, I'm in this world. It was, but I used it as an opportunity mm-hmm. to just reflect a little bit. It's like, hey, 
say what you want. I just did his comedy set. I just did 10 minutes upstairs, eight minutes upstairs, mm-hmm. whatever. And now I'm here in the green room where, which is restricted for comics only. It's just, it, it was a, a, it was a victory against the imposter yeah. syndrome of it all. And then something to say to yourself yeah. is also like a year ago when you wanted the thing, mm-hmm. you could, you couldn't have handled it. You couldn't have handled being in the room. Like, let's say like I want an Oscar right now or whatever. Like if someone just handed me an Oscar, it would like destroy me. Mm-hmm. It would, I would like disintegrate. What you need to do is make the movie yeah. earn the Oscar and then you can actually handle the thing. Like right. you have to, you have to do all those sets go through all that like shitty open mic stuff and then you're sitting in the room with them and like you're not freaking out and you're not like i don't belong here i should say something weird i should make a joke or whatever it is like no exactly i'm here right and like you have the the vessels for that i think that's what it is it's like and also when i used to tell you if something was going on on the music side you'd be like well how did what you would like ask me it was it the craziest thing i'm like no it was just kind of ordinary in a in a good way Mm -hmm. and that was sort of how it was starting to feel now obviously and, like, I've been just doing more stuff, and I, I kind of, like, tapping into that scene. So I'm happy about that. I wish I was doing even more of it and feeling more comfortable. Like, the shows themselves are fun, the sets, when you do them, but the, the prep and stuff is still a, is, is part of this grind. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm really impressed that you keep showing up to these open mics. Um, oh, I've texted you pictures. I'm like, whoo! Yeah, when I'm, like, in bed going to sleep, you're like, I'm... I'm at an open mic in Brooklyn. I'm like, damn, I'm not, I, I don't have that. <laughs> I'm not desire. sure if it's the right decision, but uh, or if it's the way to do it. But at least for now, I, I'm just I'm impressed that you're trying so hard. Yeah, I'm impressed that you're trying am so I? hard. I guess yeah. I am. I don't know. I think that's I hard. Know. I think you know. You're always knowing if you're putting it like if you're not being paid. If you're, it's a question of are you working hard enough or are you just not being patient enough? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm writing all the time. And I'm doing, yeah, I guess I am. It is it's hard. hard. It's hard to get in the car and drive. Yeah, I am. And, and I am working hard at it, trying yeah, to do it. It's work. It is. I'm trying, yeah, last thing maybe, then we'll wrap up yeah. is like when I'm working out now, also, like I realize like, you don't start working out until you want to get off the, the elliptical. Like, like once you want to get off, then however longer much you go, that's working out. Mm-hmm. Like, work is like, I don't feel like writing. I don't feel like going to an open mic. Like, but you get in the car and go. That's work. Like, that's like what professionals do. They asked in a Jocko Willink, you know, Jock Willink, Jocko Willink, Willink, Willink. I don't want to get his name <laughs> wrong. He's terrifying. Asked him like, you know, how do you, I want to make sure my mic is working. Hello. Okay. They said in an interview, I think it was Chris Williamson's like, so how do you stay motivated to like do what you do? And like, what, mo-? like, he's like, the answer is, or like, how do you stay in shape and stay like healthy and all these things? The answer is when the alarm clock goes off in the morning, I get out of bed and I start getting to work and doing one of the things I have to do because that's what I have to do. It has nothing to do with how I feel. I don't care how I feel about it, whether I want to do it, whether I don't want to do it. I get up, the alarm goes off, and I wake up and I start my day and I do the things I have to do. I don't care how I feel about them. It's what I have to do, and that's how I live my life. And it was just, I mean, it's obvious. He's like, that's the answer. He's a savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was just like, it's not, has nothing to do with how you feel about any of it. It's... You have to do those things. I saw this great <laughs> this documentary about And One. Remember those And One shorts and shirts? Yeah. There's a documentary about them on ESPN, and they're, they're, by the end of it, they're, they're interviewing NBA players talking about why did no one from And One, all those awesome streetball videos and the trick videos, yeah. why did none of them, it could, could any of them have played in the NBA? And across the board, all the NBA players, they laughed and went, nah, like, they can't play in the NBA. They went, they went, we play basketball on days we don't feel like playing basketball because right. we're professional basketball players. Right. Those guys don't. Is there a reason? You, now, is there a reason you just blackened up your voice significantly, Michael? They were all black. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yes, they were saying the hard work part of it, not the fun, not the glitz and glam, the, the unpleasant. Yeah, you show up to work. I mean, and that's like, I mean, even as a writer, I'm still like, I, I'm I'm much better at it than I used to be. Right. But like, even so, I still have a, I still have a lot of, of work to do to like be writing for an extra two, three hours a day where like, you know, I don't want to, but yeah. I guess you're right. I guess that's me at the open mic working shit out, late, exhausted, waiting out an entire slew of like, people's time so i could get up there and try five to seven minutes of material and i don't want to do it mm -hmm. and that's what the basketball player is saying yeah we do comedy even when we don't want to do comedy yeah or anything well it's different because you're not getting paid for it <laughs> well but no, but no, but they didn't for years yeah, I'm not, to get that good no, i'm just joking i'm just joking no no I, eventually yeah. i will be but yeah. in order to get there yeah. it's like right yeah, yeah to become a professional you have to act like a professional Right, right, right. I have to. Right. People talked about Kobe. It's like, man, yeah. I'd, sh I'd say I'm going to show up early today. I want to. I want to show up, and I'd get to the gym super early. And Kobe's been there for a half hour, and he's already sweating. Yeah. And I'm like, man. Yeah. I, right. I could write this Joe Rogan podcast heist movie if I worked for an extra two to three hours a night mm -hmm. when I'm tired and I don't feel like it. It would probably be shitty. Like the writing probably wouldn't be very good because um, I think it's a little bit different than comedy in that way. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean, that's the answer. How do I write it? I stay up an extra two hours and write it. And on the flip side of all of it, you have like the Tim Ferriss model of like, you don't have to work in an unpleasant or or uncomfortable way. Everything can be fluid and easy. There is this whole other narrative out there that that is also a success narrative, which is like, if you set yourself up correctly, and do an hour of work a week, you can get more done than people who put in 75. Well, he, he's, he's right in the sense of, like, if you zone in for two to three hours of incredible, brilliant writing, that screenplay is going to be more valuable than a mediocre screenplay you stayed up till midnight trying to write. Right. But I you mean, can he's see... right. He's kind of right. You can see why that advice yeah. is dangerous. It's like, well, am I... Is yeah. the way to success yeah. to work 20 hours or work... Two hours, yeah. effectively. Yeah. I'm finding my way more towards the Jocko mm -hmm. and less from Tim Ferriss, where I was like, where I'm, yeah. Like I'm the opposite. Hours. See, I'm finding my way more towards the Tim Ferriss, yeah. where it's like, you know what? If I just get up a little bit early and like do a nice hour, like I get more done then than mm -hmm. when I'm like, when it's two in the morning and I'm like, I need to be doing this for the sake of doing this because this is what it takes to be successful. Right. Back in the early days, I was like, every slave hour I could. And now mm -hmm. I'm more about like, if I don't have balance, I'm also not successful. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which is why, like, when I'm at the open mic and I'm like, Ugh, right. I don't know. Maybe right, there's a different right. well, way. The balance is if you can't get up the next morning to do the good hour, you got to be functional. Not, yeah, yes. you're not working right. Yes. Well, we caught up with nothing to talk about. With nothing we to got talk a, about. I got a pretty good. Comment uh, on the videos, guys. Let us know what you'd like us to cover because we cover everything from world events, politics, entertainment, culture, news, religion, spirituality, yeah. marriage, parenting, dating, all of it and here. if you don't want Ben Vago on again, let us know. Yes, yes, yes. Please. <laughs> want to just close on that note? Um, give us a call, Joe. We'll try to get this guy uh, on the podcast. Oh, we got to do the little thingies. Buckle up, man. Episode 38. We'll see you soon, Joe Rogan. Bye. Bye.